0: You're listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast of readings and archives from City Lights books and publishers. To learn more, visit www.citylights.com. Good evening,
1: and good evening to all of our friends on the internet. (laughs) I'm Peter, and on behalf of City Lights, I want to welcome you to the very first event in-store, in the Poetry Room, since the pandemic started. And I can't think of a better occasion than celebrating this fabulous new book by E. Everett, Heroes of an Unknown World, which is... The final installment in the Liminal series. We're very excited about that. Small Beer Press is co-sponsoring tonight, as is Medicine for Nightmares. And if you're in town, those of you who are watching online, come on down to the Mission to 24th Street. Medicine for Nightmares is a wonderful, wonderful cultural space, performance center, but most of all, another bookstore, and they do a wonderful, wonderful job. So go down there, check it out. And we are honored to have them in the house tonight. We have Tom Kao, who is the co owner of Medicine for Network. Uh, I want to remind everybody online we are posting links with which you may purchase books. So uh, please do check them out. We've got a full line of books, We've got all four tonight. So please do chow down on those books. And... Uh, I'm going to turn it over now to Ayes who's going to read a little bit and, uh, and then we're going to go into a talk. So welcome everyone and good to see y'all.
2: Thank you so much. Thank you uh, and, uh, <laughs> um, and just thank you for today. thanks uh, Awesome. I'll say a story about <laughs> This is for City Lights books. This is, um, this guy is legendary for me as a baby writer, not even a baby writer, as a, as a reader, um, read about these books. When I first came to San Francisco, uh, I was like, two months away. I way out of it. and City Lights. Eight Asperger? Disappointed me. City Lights has never <laughs> So, it's mean, not um, a nice bookstore. This bookstore has turned out to be a I love this place. So uh, thank you. Thank you so much for letting me use um, Here's the one in the world is the um, last in a series that, um, when we started writing it, I didn't have to look at the page like this.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm now. Um, because it's the end of um, the series and kind of, I want to give away too many spoilers. so I'm sure, at least from the first part of it, maybe we'll talk a little bit, if you want to, I'm going to read some more of that humor section, this is uh, from the um, <coughs> The wind is still only whispers and answers and shouts. We live in motion, children of the wind. The souls it doesn't need it has abundant access to. We are one. All the children of lost, Forgotten from those in we We seen us, forgotten us, called on us to keep the secrets, and banished us of the precious messages we wish we forget. Some of us, like me, the ones like you, human, made of flesh and substance. But still, not still, but also still in you. You may remember me as I remember what were world this was. And you can see me and you call me AC. a child of the wind. But now the wind is still. Do you remember the liminals? Taggart, the working healer? He is the closest, his is the closest to a human tale, so his life he made in Servant to Nordin, the petulant ghost of the Unions, grandfather and assassin to an younger generation, it was Taggart who broke free of Nordin to rescue his love, Yasmin, and her daughter, his daughter, tomorrow, from a life of shadow work and death. He only partially succeeded. In Taggart's will, Yasmin died. He saved tomorrow from the breaker of bone demon. For a moment, Taggart had peace. Can you recall the animal totem liminal you know, apprentice? Taggart's adopted daughter. For her, he defied time, space, and a god. Saved the girl, even broke with the liminal acolyte of god of connection, Samantha, who wins a gift of visions to other worlds with the nearest touch. He even managed to convince Miko to travel back in time with him to aid the girl. For Miko, Lil' expected expected more. His god, the underground tuber that grew for a millennium before the first dinosaur egg was hatched, the so one the desert dwellers tried to calm Mana, chose little Victor as the connection of connections in the human flesh. His was the chance to steward a new-made between man, and God, and beast. Niko's allies formed in his time as a DJ, Japuba, an adopted father Munji and the smuggler queen Fatima, who trying to form a trivial connection with the body of non Elohim. Instead, he allowed himself to be seduced by Tadra's mission for friendship and family, and joined in to save the lost women. In doing so, Nico left his own time on all of creation has an opposite number of and of no different. Cosmic tautologies that speak their existence from the law of nothingness. The altars where the form of beautiful humans to advance the most inhumane agendas. The joining of wildlife with entropy. It's not their cause, it's their reason for their existence. If they drew breath, entropy would exhale. In the hinterland of their time, Tagore has his manipulative with Nico and Toe. And in the semblance of life their leader Kothar, had, as the timeline paid the cost, for no altar ever took a straight line to decay. From a rear guard stance, Kothar spawned, spawned such as the kind reproduces. Rice found a way to take over the current time space. He erased the old world and created a on in the circle of the numbers and recreated them once today, diminishing the power of the nun and by extension, Rika. He chose Baron, Taggart's brother, a warped version of Yasmin, Tamara's, you know, Tamara's mother, and a thoroughly corrupted Samantha to be the figurehead of a global aesthetic reach. And somewhere in the shadows of this new world, where Dean, who shows nothing, controls everything, and lives to pervert the good, lies in wait. A confession then. Taggard and his ilk, I call friends. When they can remember me, they do so as an ally. I once loved a liminal named Chavi. I, we, lost her to the manipulations of rice and the rat mother altar poppies. Trained by the altar in Orion, Chavi knew the entropy of bones, a martial technique that could end even the densely powerful corpses of the altars. I could not save her body, only her soul. I bound it to a ship and let it sail in between worlds as a thanks for saving what was left of my life. It was this child of the wind who rescued Nico, Taggart, Printess, and Tamara from being stuck in their own past. It was this child of the wind who brought them to the new present and sheltered them in an old theater in London. It was this child of the wind who refused to let their spirits die despite all that had been leveled against them. It is against my nature as a child of the wind that entropy is the end of all movement, and the wind must always be free. This child of the wind takes responsibility for the chaos his little friends inflicted upon this impacted, infected, unknown world. This child of the wind does not take responsib- responsibility for the actions and the of the Loverchurch, no more. I cautioned against the entry blades he forged for taggers. Against a trip back in time that fractured the present reality, to his partnership with the so-called reformed altar in Narayana. It is the nature of the Children of the Wind to know, but not to be listened to. Cassandra was one of us. Even so, dealing with Miko is as annoying. sin. From the safety and shelter I provided, Miko has convinced Haggard to accompany him to rescue a human mentor, the Rastafari Bindina, from the prison of Porto on the island of Jamaica. They barely escaped with their lives and have also exposed their existence to the altars. All for a human who doesn't even remember them. Miko continues to act as though he is in his reality and not a forgotten world. He will learn, as were all the luminaries soon enough.
0: Sorry.
2: Whatever you say. Whatever you say. I say. Yeah, I'm gonna do what you do. Okay. Wait, can I do one thing then? Yeah. Okay. So, real quick, <laughs> um, I wrote the I don't know, second or third thing in how you read it, quote. Thanks for your thumbs. And I described this character, Choppy, that I, that I talked about before. Um, and then I can't remember what happened. I think you emailed me um, or something, and and I hadn't met Tom before. And then we met, and I looked at her, and I was like, oh, snap, that's Chubby right there. Uh-huh. And then I, Tom, you had a similar experience in reading the book, yeah?
0: I recognized a lot of
3: people. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I recognized a lot of, maybe, feeling of existing in a kind of space that's on this edge and edges, edges at the same time in different places. Can I think you? Yes. Um, and then being them all together now, because I think the... Before this, the last one was like 2015. Yeah. So I, I read all of them again and had this sense of like deja vu with them all, which just only makes it better. Um so so how does this you know it's okay, so it's science fiction, right? But but there's a lot of truth in this. I think and, and like I recognize some of the not not specifically, like that's that guy and that's that guy, but like I think we live in a in a city where the altars have been in control for a while. And maybe you we'll could talk about that a little bit or does that ring any bells?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, you know I got the term liminal people from uh friends for um I think it was black skin white mask. He said uh, people of color, black people but I'm not using it. Black people, <laughs> um, we're liberal people in that we are um, always also, um, occupying multiple spaces at the same time in different ways. And then when I kind of like took a spiritual kind of stance on that, I saw like you know all the people that I, that I've grown up with—black, white, Asian, whoever—like um, you know always navigating like multiple things at the same time, uh, navigating. Classes, multiple nationalities, multiple languages, like, and like, we did it all so much that we forgot that it was a skill. You know, we just thought it was like a norm, right? And then there was just these cats that were like, didn't have to navigate shit. I hope I swear. There were these folks that just like demanded that the world do what they thought was right even if we knew they were wrong (laughs) and on one level it was attractive because it was like oh that's power right and then on this other level i was like but you suck you (laughs) suck at life and you suck at like community and you suck at like talking to people and you suck at like navigating like you can't like you can't you know it's like it just takes I, my, my thing was always like, if you were in an ocean, you would demand that the waves did what you said, and it doesn't work like that. Right? It just doesn't. Like, if I'm in the ocean, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I gotta go where the waves found me. Right? But I'm gonna still try and find my way through. So for me, the altars were that. They were like, you know, and that was the thing, like, everybody, like, loved those people. Like, you know, like, I mean, you know, you know the Elon Musks of the world, or, like, you know, this, this tech fucking, you know, just bowing to the altar of tech. You know, it's just like, oh, well, they said it's true, so it must be, and they did an app, so it must be better. You know, like, <laughs> if I drive you in the middle of certain neighborhoods, you going to cry. How do you really cry? If I bust your phone, you're going to cry. You know, but I know there's a lot of people, if it's like, hey, man, yo, know, you know, hey, I don't know anybody here. Yo, hey, how you doing? all right? Cool. Hey, do me a favor, man. Can you help me get out of here? Because I'm kind of fucked up right now. You know, like, those are kind of my people. Those are those liminal people that know how to navigate spaces and those like pretty people, those like those people in power, to me that's kind of like the,
0: the altars. And so it seems to me that also the liminal the liminal people Uh, I'll have connections to things in the natural world, (laughs) which is kind of like, there's an unnatural world too now. Right. Okay. Um, And there's the altars that you've been talking about on this plane too, and and they're like uh, uh, wanting to destroy that. Right? And the people who are connected with that.
2: Yeah.
0: While also trying to use that natural the power and the connection that those other people have to that to aid in their destruction of that. That's more of a statement than a question. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I I hear you. Like,
2: that internalized oppression is real. You know what I mean? Like, we, we all believed in ourselves. If us women, people, however you want to define that, like, believed in ourselves fully, like, interested in our own power, they gonna be fine with us. But, like, the big trick is for us to question ourselves in an unhealthy way. Like, the big trick is for us to be like, oh, I'm not really that powerful. I'm not really that smart. I'm not really that cool. And once they got that, they're like, okay, cool, I'm going to show you what real power is. Sort of real cool. And to me, that's a natural. To me, that's a problem. So... Yeah, I mean, you know, in the books, the, the, the power of the alternates is entropy, right? The end of all things, the slowing of the universe, the coolness, the reason matches go out. That's where their power exists. I think, yes, like that is like, that is like the trajectory, that is the mapped trajectory of everything, right? And so then the question becomes, where does generativity come from then? How is it that we're able to create anything? How is it that life exists? If shit is going in that direction, and that nugget, that magic, I think that's going to
0: Okay, so I don't know where exactly I was reading this, maybe somewhere on one of the books. Um, but but part of part of your, um, I don't know. History or research, or not research, but you know, part of where you're drawing the, the liminal from. Working with young people yeah. in a certain capacity. Multiple. Multiple capacities, Yeah. And like, it sounded to me like young people who, like so many young people, right, have a really fucking heart. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so, so the, you know, the things that, that young people in themselves, I think, have to um, cultivate and hang on to their, in a way, specialness, their connection to something that is powerful in themselves that nobody else can see, probably nobody acknowledges until maybe eventually someone does. And um, that that connected with like in a way living in this is there's time travel in here there's multi multiple dimensions which one could see as like a far journey or just a journey inside the self and and um, I guess I connect that to how a lot of people especially artists in my experience come from that as a young person and then and then how that develops with sometimes skill as people get older and what they can do with that together
2: yeah if, if you're lucky you get that skill to to cultivate that specialness when you're young um know, I remember I was going through a time. Um, a friend of mine, an older woman friend of mine, was like, "Do you realize that you would not have you would not have survived if they knew how special you are when you were younger?" And I was like, "Oh shit, <laughs> okay." You know, and so like a lot of my resentment and a lot of my anger from like, the way that I was treated growing up, I was just kind of like, "Okay, that needs to be like that was you know that was like." Protection in a fucked up way, <laughs> but it was still protection. So that's why, I like, uh, Liminal people. If you if you read that, there's a very complicated uh, paternal relationship in there that that doesn't get resolved easily because you know parenting isn't one parenting isn't easy. Second of all, being a child isn't easy. Third of all, well, like nobody gets it right. There's no there's no right. There's good enough, hopefully, but like there's no right. I think, for me, with all of these books, um, sort of my sort of orientation is, like, um, you know, the, the people that have been hurt, the people that have been like, bruised, the people that have been like, forgotten, the people that have been ignored, those are my people. You know, and I'm never going to let that go, not because I'm, like, addicted to sadness, but because, like, there's magic in that. You know, like, if you're still alive after all of that, that's the magic. And so that's, that's where the otherworldly parts. For Nia, it's like, huh? like, you said my bad Yo, we got
0: powers. You yeah. don't fuck the X-Men, you're the shit. Right, and then, so, how about liminal spaces created by liminal people yeah. now, or in our, in our world here? I work a lot with
2: psychedelics. Sounds <laughs> um, <laughs> like <laughs> um, <laughs> some of you do too. <laughs> um, and what psych- psychedelics have taught me a lot of things. But one of the things that they've taught me is that, um, you know, another world, no dimension work, it's not that far away, right? And you know, I grew up with like, you know, people getting initiated into this community, or that community, and had chicken sacrificed over my head, and see, you know, spirits take over people's bodies, and and that was just normal. I was like, oh my god, this is insane! I was like, mm, that's Saturday. That's what, that's what been there. <laughs> like what? Like what? Like I'm not jumping on that, right? I think there's this um this this call to rationality, this call to logic, this call to reason, has been overdetermined. right? And so. Now it seems strange that people can get together and slow time down, right? It seems strange that like you can like literally like walk in somebody's house and be in a different dimension, right? It's like oh shit, how's that? Art? It's like no, that's what we're supposed to do. Like that's what art is, right? Art is not for the sake of observation; it's for the sake of experience, right? So like yeah, we do this, we feel this, we experience this on a regular basis, and then what happens is. We we have to interpret it in a logical frame, it's seen as wrong, it's seen as schizophrenic, it's seen as... Primic, it's seen as Which when I say there's only real mental health issues and there are real crises, but I think a lot of those crises come out of this like forever recall to reason and logic, and we are not built for that. <laughs> like, human beings are not built for that. If you don't believe me, just look at bars. Why are there so many bars? Because <laughs> people need to be like, yo, I need to not think for a second, right? And in this country, the United States, I don't know where you guys are, um, in the United States, one of the few acceptable ways of altering your consciousness is with alcohol. Right? But like, why can't it be with some ayahuasca, or with some DMT or with some mDNA, or with some, like why, why is this one And there's reasons why, and I teach a course on it from my name, no. <laughs> uh, 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 there's, there's reasons behind it, but I feel like uh, the, like, ultra state of consciousness, I mean, that leads to those liminal places, those between places, and I think we need to tap into them in order to be fully healthy human beings. You know. <laughs>
3: Yeah, okay,
0: so I noticed too it, in 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 Heroes of an Unknown World in particular, that Michael is is he in the other box all? No, I don't remember because it's all one thing. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, he's with the kid. Yeah, he's the kid's friend. Well, yeah, he's in the liminal, uh, liminal right? war. Yeah. So. Can you talk about the music in this book and like how? Cause no, and I, I like. I mean, I, I was looking for. I was like, okay, is there actual footage of Bob Marley singing Hellhound on My track? <laughs> like maybe he didn't make that up. I love that question. And maybe you didn't. <laughs> I didn't find it. But 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 the music in it, not just. Yeah you get what i'm saying yeah. but, and then and then and then you or michael is mixing these this like can you talk about that
2: yeah um there are very few people in here who remember my dj days <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, there are a few um and this is like a perfected version of, of what i was trying to do in those days but you know music is you know, again, that that transported place, that transported time, that like transported feeling. Like, how do you get that in like two point three seconds? You put on the right song. It's a different world, right? And so, the music that that I put in here, um, you know, was music of the time. And I, and I realize that looking back now, I'm like, I still like, like, I would put more music in if I could. But it's also like I was listening to director. Talk about like why they put certain music in their movie and he's like, "I want people to have the same emotional response to the music that I do." Um, and so it's like, you know, he framed it in a certain way. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should have been like a music writer at some point, but like that's what I wanted to try and do. Like just really give, um, you know, just be humble and, and give love to to the music and to the sounds that like. Literally saved my life, like changed who I am as a person. I mean, in terms of the Bob Marley thing, I mean, he did Hell hellhounds on the hell, on treble. One of the things the whalers used to do before they ever got big is they used to sing in the graveyard at midnight. And it was a way of confronting your fear, right, and calling in spirits, right? And that's why, you know, Bob Marley, like towards the end of his career, he's in Zimbabwe at the National, um, you know, like the, the Independence Day. Well, crowds are going nuts, they're shooting tear gas everywhere. The whalers run off stage. Barbara's still there, still singing. He's like, now I see who's with me. Right? Like, when, you, when you're tapped in, I don't care if you're a writer, if you're a musician, if you're a painter, whatever, if you're really tapped in, death is like, whatever, you know. Like, this is my this is a thing that will carry past death. You know, so all of the artists and all the writers in here. They, I keep like they have kept me going, and even past their death, their songs still ring out. You know, I mean, they say you die twice: once when your body dies, and the second time when no one remembers your name. And with singing like that, music like that, then they may live forever. Pop
0: Marley's "Living <laughs> on Yes, and so since you. You brought up your DJ days. In reading these things, I'm just like Pooba, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay. Back in the
2: day. Back in the day. Um, still so have to hear you somewhere. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, love music. Um, I was doing a lot of drum and bass and jungle stuff when I was younger. Um, in the UK and um, in Morocco, um, just like other clubs and stuff. Um, did a little bit of and got much. But yeah, it's just I mean I was thinking about the other day I was like shit, I'm not listening to enough music. I've been off for like the past couple of weeks just dealing with life and shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not listening to enough. You know, I'm generating too much. I need to take it
0: I got I got on a roll because of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Great. I almost made a mistake.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, you sent me something. You like this? I did. I was like, you got a mix, you got a, you got a something, a playlist, or you got a, where's the mix tape? And then I started looking at this stuff. Um, you want to talk about anything else? we take some questions, and then I'll
3: probably think some. Okay, so
2: yeah, we, we can take some questions. questions. Mm-hmm. It takes
1: about 30 <laughs> seconds. It's a, it's a delay. <laughs>
2: Yeah, go for it. I'm afraid that I can't, little bit late. can you tell me the title of the book you're discussing? If, uh, sure, it's called Heroes of the Unknown World. Oh, wow. Okay, thank you. No worries. You know, this has been a long process in this series. What was, was it challenging to bring it to a close? I'm assuming it was, but what was the most helpful part Do you have to repeat the question? If you, would, thank you. Yeah, so it's uh, it's been a long series, so what was like the most helpful part in bringing it to a close? Honestly, getting older. Um and like I feel like the characters are a rest, You know, like like you create a narrative and it's like you have to you have to have conflicts, they have to go through shape. You know, and I'm like, I just want characters to be able to like, chill out. Like, I, like, it's, it's enough. It's enough, man. Like, how much—'cause I, I put my people through stuff, you know, like, if you want an out bloody and bruising, you know. Um, so I just wanted them to rest. And then there's other stories that I have to tell. There's other things, there's other narratives. Um, I got another book coming out I think, next year, um, called Yodi and Anita. Um, we've got a graphic novel on a of box opponents. Um, first part is out now, second part's coming out this year. Another graphic novel, The Last Count of Monte Cristo, and as a futurist version of The Count of Monte Cristo, that's coming out this year. Like, I had to, like, there's just, there's more to say, there's more to do. This is, I, I love this, I I'll I always love this, I'll always love Small Beer for this, I'll always love City Lights for this, i always love the people that I've met. Um, there's, I mean, you know, you know, but like, I, uh, the, the first one of people was a self-published, uh, you know, Interesting <laughs> a piece of work initially that I was fortunate enough that Small Beer picked up and actually published and actually put out. But like that was like winning a prayer sort of stuff, you know. And now that I'm a little more established, you so, um, I've got more stories to tell and other narratives. So you know, when I was young, I played as a child and I was a child, and I was a child, I grew up, you know, I don't know what any childish things. Honks says is childish, but it's definitely of an age.
3: Yeah. Um, I'm struck
2: by how cinematic your books are was that intentional or is that like uh, an effect of um, your, your, your process coming through It's mm. a good question was, the books are cinematic is that was that on purpose or was that, like, an effective, like, process? Um, yeah, you know, I think it's like you play to your strengths. Um, and I think at the time, like, the visual and the action uh, was where I was at, you know, so sort the of strength. It's funny, though, because someone was like, one reviewer was like, there's a lot of talking in this for a superhero book, but I was like, what? Like, zing, bang, bow? And so, yeah, so that was kind of, like, the narratives, and, and you know, full disclosure, but I grew up reading comic books, I still read comic books, I read comic books every week, right, so, like, that kind of informed my narrative style, my narrative sense, but, like, as I'm developing, I hope, as a writer, there are other things that are kind of called in, like, even the part that I read, right, like, feels, to me, feels more poetic than it does, like, what, what's been done in the past, uh, you know, like, what, um, but what well, Liminal People was, I and mean, People was like crime noir meets like, superhero. like Black you know, Arena, and like, Liminal War was like, a little bit more expansive. Um, you know, uh, Entropy of Bones is like trans memoir, but like,
3: uh, you know. <laughs> so
2: I was like, no, stop, stop. Stop talking about like my business. Um, uh, like you know, so like now, like being exposed to more and reading different types of stuff and, and de- reading different authors, like I'm like, oh, you can do this on the page. Oh, you can do that on the page. All right, let me try this. Let me try that. So that's what I've been. That's what I've been doing. Do you want to talk about love a little
0: bit? <laughs>
3: because in
0: these books, you, 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 you. Actually, I mean, it's, right, cinematic superheroes, like, somebody on my way up told me to break a leg, and I was like, watch what you say. (laughs) But, um, you get pretty deep with, uh, about love in these books, and and what that is, not just like romantic love, it's like, you know, but but, what love is, and like, it's, it's not all pretty. Um... And it's beautiful.
3: Thank
0: the you. way you talk about love in these books, I think it's beautiful. Um, it's quiet. It's, it's subtle. It's not heavy hit. It's it, but it's it's in other words, it's it's real and nuanced and like simple and complicated,
3: difficult,
0: <laughs> yeah. confusing,
2: yeah. easy. You know how I do Yeah. I mean. Saying a lot about myself, but it's, like if you for me, if I love someone, it's uncomfortable. Because it's like, oh fuck, that means like I'm riding with you until period. In the sun, it's like I'm riding with you. So like you're doing good, I'm doing good, you're doing bad. I'm like, okay, how do I how do I help? I'm doing bad. I'm still loving it. we're both doing bad. I'm still loving you. You hate me, I'm still loving you right? And then like you know, forget romantic love like forget like, you know, like um, yeah, whatever that is like paternal love like familiar love right? The more people that you love, the more you're exposed on some level. The only protection you have is for that love to be reciprocated. and then you form this thing that's like both vulnerable and powerful at the exact same time and, you know, everybody's got to be, everybody's got to pay attention because one person can sink the whole fucking ship. You know, two people can sink the whole fucking ship. If you got one person just trying to hold that love together, I can all come down. So, like, if everybody's actually aware of, like, oh, no, we are, we are a loving group not, oh, uh, you, you poly people, that's great, that's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> not going it, not going it, that's what I'm talking about. But like, like yeah, like, fan love, and it's like, and it's like, everybody's like, you know, rooting for each other, you know, the, the, the successes go together, and the failures go together as well, and, and the only consistency is that, like, you hold on to each other, because in the end, that's all you've got. So, like, the characters in this book, like, literally... I mean, spoiler, you know, they lose in the War. Like, they they don't win. They're in this new book. They are in un- Heroes of an unknown world. They're in an unknown world. Everything else is gone. Everything is darker. Everything is colder. Colors are not, literally, colors are not as bright. And the only thing that they have is each other. And what I love about it for them they're like, yup, we got each other. You got that? Yeah, cool. what's us move on. What's next? Right? There's no questioning on that. There's no like, but whatever. Maybe they don't love me. Nah, we got that part. We got to figure out the rest of the world. And I just feel like there's something just. We have a question in the chat. Yeah. Um, tying into the influence of comics on the series, was there anything that you specifically aimed at to make an homage to, or was there something intentionally that you tried to avoid? Do I have to repeat the question? Yes. Um, tying into the influence of comics- Oh, no, 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 I heard you, the
1: last you Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> tying into the influence of comics, was there anything that I was intentionally trying to avoid or intentionally trying to pay homage to?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think there's
2: like one maybe an inc- uh, incredible Hulk reference in there. Or um, in the first one, there's definitely more like explicit hero, like superhero uh, stuff. Um, you know, I, I think it's it's an unavoidable uh, correlation when people talk about comic books, they talk about superheroes. When people talk about People with powers, they generally refer to comic books, and they generally refer to superheroes. But those three things don't have to go together, (laughs) right? There are all different types of comic books out there. Not all of them are superhero comics. Not everybody, and this is the big, I think, moral issue, not everybody that has powers is good or bad. Like, for me, the liminal people, what I like about it is, like, these are these is people with powers. I'm, I promise you, if I have powers, I would not be running around stopping crime. That I'm like that criminal probably has something that they need to get done. <laughs> I want to give them the space to get that done. And I
3: don't know
2: their life. They may really need that money from the bank. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's not what I would be doing. So, what do you do with extraordinary ability? And I think that's something, especially if you live in the U.S. That's a really big question. I mean, we are more privileged than 98.2% made it up of the world, right? We have more power. We have more ability to do shit than most of the world. uh, Somebody the other day I heard, they were like, you know, um, how much do you pay your slaves? Somebody's like, I don't have slaves. Did you make your pants? Did you make your breakfast? Did Did you put your ladder? So people did that. Right? Just because you don't see them doesn't mean they are not working for you for a very low amount. Of That's power. The ability to control another's labor is power. So what do you do with that power? It's a question that like, I deal with on a regular basis, and I feel like the characters in here are like, yeah, like we are in a position of power and we are going to take responsibility for that power and do things to hopefully make this world a better place. Not until when we might screw up.
0: Which reminds me of. You also, in the, in, the, in, the, in the different dimensions, traveling through time, different possible versions of different people, and then power, right? not not that the, the kind of power that like you know special powers right <laughs> that kind of you know connection to things and how there's choice and how choice or circumstance affects like you know some, some somebody in another uh, most of the characters actually in, in different you know, it's like a different version of you in this time. Oh she didn't do that, she got married and stuff like that. She didn't wanna do that, you know? She didn't hurt nothing. Or she's not hurting anything. So you talk about that too, right? Yeah. So
2: um in the book, Tiger, the main character meets an alternative version of his his former love. That's what you're talking about, right?
0: Well Yeah, that and, and um you know, there's Aaliyah, there's uh, there's Chavi. There's like, there's a lot. Yeah. A lot of that.
2: So, for me what it's about is like, you know, who do you hold like, are you held accountable for former versions of yourself? Right. Um, There are people who have known me long enough to know um, a few versions of myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's funny because two of them are like, like, like sitting right next to those, like back to back, it's just, it's unnerving, but I'm going keep going. Um, and you know, like, are you always proud of who you were? <laughs> right? But like, are you still responsible for who you were? I used to think, like, y- yes, 100% who you were is a direct line to who you are, and yada, yada, yada. As I'm getting older, I feel like I'm being a little kinder to myself and so maybe I can be connected to the rest of the world. Um, and I understand that, like, people go through changes, and it's not a linear progression that, like, you know, five, six years, you may be an asshole, right? And, you know, three or four years, you might be a saint, and then another six or seven years, you might be an asshole again. That, like, that's just life. It's not, right? Like, like there's no responsibility. Like, you, I, what I think is, like, you don't owe... Yeah. <laughs> I know. I like it was like stirring. I was like,
3: yeah. uh, um, I. What I think is,
2: you don't owe fidelity to your former self. You get to change. People get to change. I think that's what I was trying to get across a little bit here. That like, just because this is who this character was or is in this former world doesn't mean that this is who they have to be in the future. Everybody gets to change, and then. You, you get to react to that, right? Because who we are is not some like rugged individual thing. Like this is who I am, and you know no one else can say it. Like, no, we live in community, right? So if I was an asshole when you six or seven years ago, you know, if now I'm like no, I'm a different person, you'd be like no, you an asshole, man. and I have to deal with that, right? Like the characters have to deal with that. Like Taggart has to deal with that. Taggart was an asshole. Taggart killed
3: people.
2: Taggart like murdered children. Right, and now he's sitting here trying to like judge other people, and like, luckily there's people around him who are like, "Yo, Playboy, slow down. That's not the way it goes." I am just feeling so eighties
3: right now. This is stirring.
2: Uh, we have another question in the chat. Which characters do you like writing the most versus the least, and why? So, which characters do I like writing the most in least, and why? I'm gonna go specific. I you you know There's no mistakes, there's no mistakes in the universe. They only cost one go.
3: I'm gonna
2: do it, i um, I discovered Prentice's voice in this. Uh Prentice is like the only white main character in this book. Um, and people like forget that about her. But um I discovered her voice in this book and I and I, I dug it. I dug her. Um, she is the one who is like the heart of the group. And she is the one who was like, oh no, the love is like these guys went through time and hell for me. No, there's no yeah, no, I I I ride for them. I die for them, period, and it's fairness, what's up? Like and doesn't let the the misery of the time and the space get to her. Um, And that was really useful for me while I was writing this. Um, This was kind of done before COVID, but like, it's going through shit. It was down in um, Riverside, California. Uh, Interesting place. I'll be there tomorrow. Um, And like, you know, needed, needed some hope to hold on to. So, I like writing characters that um, give me something that I don't have. Uh, characters that I don't like writing—basic, um, <laughs> um, just like no no qualitative changes in them the entire the entire time through. I just find them boring unless they're unless like I like that essential element about them. Um, Mordine is that character for me. endless like He is just a man that's just a, a, a dark mystery. And there's no clarity on him. There never will be any clarity on him. He just is what he is, what he is. And I like that. But other than him, I don't like writing characters. You all right? <laughs> yeah. You You're Do You have Yes, sir. And in the line, same line as the question that was asked, um, what is the character, and you
3: kind of touched on it, because I was going to actually say it this way, what is one of the characters that you miss writing, you're not writing about any
2: and why is it a count? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: so the,
2: the question was, uh but it's just gonna, <laughs> gonna stop it right before you did. Uh, which character do I miss writing the most? Yeah, yeah yeah um, I uh, take this person, okay? <laughs> I really missbby. Like,, I didn't write. I initially didn't write her as part of the Liminal People she wrote as a 6 book. Um, and then towards the end, it was, like, I'm not one of those writers that, like, knows what's happening as they're writing. Like, it's almost, like, channeling. You know, I'm like, okay, let's just see what happens. And then I'm like, okay. And, then I, and so, like, I was like, okay, this is happening. It's like, oh, this is a liminal book. You know, she just this little piece with Nico in there. I was like, okay, cool. And I was writing, and it's like, and I remember being like, you know she's going to die, right? I was like, no, and I stopped writing for like four days. I was like, no, not no, <laughs> no, she's good, like no, <laughs> you know. And then I was like, no, like you know, one of the. See, i so, This is what happens when you try and kill Charlie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. One a, a piece of writing advice, which feel free to ignore because I know we're all writing advice. Is kill your darlings, and I was like, yeah, she gotta go, she gotta go. And so I gave her the best send off that I could. Uh, spoiler alert: she comes back. Um, but you know, her book, her voice, her tone—that time, talk about music. but like, that book is like all about music and dance, and um. But yeah, I just, I really miss that, like, simple, slimmed down, like, you know, I think the way I write, we can do it differently, but the way I write is kind of like, almost like a monk. Like, I kind of like go in a little cave, and I'm like, okay, let's just get, just get on her. And, like, Chavi, like, had, like, rose petals on her cave, and she was like, this is mine. She was like a monk, you know, and, uh, and I just was jealous of her space and, like, visiting her in, in that space. Um, Uh, I wrote the little war right after it because I was like I just need to write something to to forget about this (laughs) problem. We have another question in the chat. Out of the main protagonists, are there any, if they were real people, um, do you think that you'd not like as people or be friends with? The question was, how many of a, funny. Not funny it, which of any of the protagonists in uh, the book would you, would I not like or not be friends with? You ever have that friend that like will forever just get in a bar fight and like, you can't go out with them and then like these, What'd you say? And you're like, no, dude, no, that's that's the waitress. Like, it's, not, it's not that serious. That's how I feel about, like, younger Taggart. <laughs> I feel like he chilled out. Um, tomorrow, Bridge Cole, uh, is a bit of a hothead, but, like, just way really too confident. <laughs> like, confident in that, like, yeah, I can fuck you all up right now. And you're just like, yeah, but why do you have to say that? <laughs> what? Like, just just know that and, and be okay. Um, I think Prentice would be, like, like, I can hang with Prentice, she'd be cool. Um, yeah, all of them, they're dangerous people. <laughs> they're dangerous, dangerous people. Um, I think that's the, you know, I grew up around dangerous people. You know, I, I grew up around people that would cut you for no reason. Um, I grew up around people that did not feel safe. You know, like, they didn't feel safe, and so no one felt safe around them. Um, I think that's kind of the, the the vibe that I was trying to project um, to, to, to with them. So, um I would know them, I would, I would probably love them, but if they were like, yo, let's go out, I'd be like, I'm going to stay home. <laughs> but you guys have fun, I do know how that goes for you, I got your bail money,
3: it's real time.
0: Would it totally spoil something if I ask you, because you don't think it's really in there, but your games, actual weaknesses? I ask this because it does seem that he, like, like often is the case. Um, I mean, he is like, like he's this mystery. Like, but like what can he do? Actually, what can't he do? I don't know what he can do. I don't Mr. know what he can't do. Mr. Nicaragua. okay? <laughs> but I know that he's hiding his vulnerability. It's right there, in his fucking big and nobody knows what it is, and nobody's even thinking, what is it, exactly?
2: I'll tell you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You ready? Yeah.
2: Taggart. He, like, Taggart says it at the beginning of his book. He's like, you love me. It's love. He's like, shut up, I don't love you. You're slightly stupid. I'll see you later. Ah! He's like, yeah, but you love me. Yeah, that's right. Right? And that's the thing, it's like, I'm not a hippie. I swear to God, I'm not a hippie. But like,
3: beats But like, that's the thing.
2: Like, if you know, like, it's kind of like, like that complicated relationship. Like, you just have a freaking evil, dirty, bad person. If they love somebody, as a vulnerability for them, that they're like, oh, nah, not I can't be the evil, bad person that I was, because I'm going to protect you in some way, you know, and like, that's the thing with It's like, he like he wants to just rage, he wants to just, like, ah, and like, nine days out of ten, he will. And even with Tiger, he'll be like, ah, but then he's like, stop, you know, like, just trying to get him, so, yeah, I think that that's just people big vulnerability, but like, yeah, what can you do? I'll tell you, okay, the series is over, so this is what I have to tell you. Okay. I think he just, I don't, I think he has a little something, but he has just traded for different things from different people. He has found ways to negotiate. I don't think he has very much power in and of himself. I think he negotiates, bargains, steals, traps other people's powers. Other people's gifts, not necessarily through like magical means, but just you know, the art of being a cunning basket. right? Like when we first when we first meet Samantha, right? She's enslaved to him. She can see other worlds. How is it that she got enslaved to him? I,
0: I wonder that about a lot of people. It's Just like, what is he doing? What exactly? What? These are the eyes.
3: What? what? This
0: us Sitting on the toilet if I just woke or what's what? <laughs> going on? Okay. Okay,
2: honestly, honestly. But it's real.
0: That's but that it. power
2: is real. who. That's what I feel about pimps. I, when I was a kid, seeing pimps, I was like, I do not understand this. You are wearing the weirdest clothes on the planet. You got a furry hat on. These women are beautiful, capable. Smart. How are they giving you money? And then what would they say? They would say some shit that didn't make sense. Well, you know, a, a dime ain't nothing to a pimp. What? <laughs> you know, I always gotta give what I always gotta give. What are you saying? <laughs> they, was, they would talk for hours and I would not understand. I was like, I, like I've like, sat down with pimps and been like, tell me how you get this to happen. And well, you know, man, I've getting this to be shown, not told. You know, I'm, what? No, it doesn't make any sense. So that's like I think at one point I refer to him as like a powerhead in the first book. It, it's that sort of thing. That's what I think. But like I said, it's like half created, half channel. So be something else. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: don't know if y'all can hear it, but
2: there's like the music playing the so It's
3: fascinating. It's <laughs>
2: <laughs> a great soundtrack. <laughs> Any other questions, comments, <laughs> um, concerns? Last call, this is your chance. Thank
1: you, too. All right, let's sign some books.
2: Thank you all for your blogging
3: yeah. around.
1: to our friends online. We have posted links with which you may buy all four books. And uh, tonight's event is made possible by the City Lights Foundation, Uh, continuing the legacy of our founder, the late Lawrence Ferenghetti. Also, we are beaming to you from the ancestral homelands of the Ohlone people, also known as the San Francisco Bay Area. Thank you for joining us. Thank you both for being with us and... For those of you who are here, books can be bought over there. We're going to line everyone up along that wall, and then we're going to come over politely, and uh, take care, everyone. We'll see you soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Live from City Lights, a podcast from City Lights bookstore and publishers. Our theme music was provided by Axolotl. All City Lights events are free. To see upcoming events at City Lights bookstore in San Francisco, check out www.citylights.com
3: events.